0: Hey, ODU fans, this is Charles
1: Smith, and you're now listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Two hard-fought games on the road where a squad demonstrates again they're never out of the fight, and the coaching staff gets creative in the face of impact injuries and illness. We got a ton to discuss tonight, so let's get right to it. As always, we welcome Coach Jones back to the show. How's it going, Coach? It's
2: going great. Good to be with you guys again this evening. All
1: right. So, Coach, this has become a question
3: you've had to ask way too often this season. But can you give us some injury updates on Ben, Emo, and Chauncey?
2: Yeah, it does seem like there's always, always something. Unfortunately, you know, Ben tore his ACL, MCL, and, and meniscus in the game against James Madison last Thursday. So he's out for the rest of the season. He'll have to get surgery probably in about four to five weeks. And that's a long recovery. So, you know, everybody feels terribly for for Ben. That was a hard one to absorb. Chauncey sprained his ankle twice in, in the App State game. Wanted to play in the second half, swore that he could, but there was no way that we were going to, you know, chance it. I love the competitive nature, but just like I said, we just couldn't chance it. He actually looked good, not a hundred percent, but good in practice today. So I think he's probably ready to go tomorrow, but we'll keep a close eye on it. Then we've got Emo, who's still a game time decision. He's in concussion protocol and we'll just have to wait and see how he is at shoot around and through pregame warmups. And then the other one to add to the list, Jason Wade didn't feel good yesterday, today He tested positive for the flu. Hopefully he's, you know, he'll recover enough if we need some minutes in a pinch that he can take the court for a little bit, but he won't be full strength. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't done anything since he played in the game on Saturday. They had Sunday off, couldn't practice Monday, couldn't practice today. We'll just see what he can give us tomorrow if need be.
1: And that doesn't even
3: include Mackay. No. The hits just keep on coming, but how is Ben doing mentally with this injury? It's got to be, Crushing, because he did this at Xavier, right? He did it to the other name, Xavier, you know, went through the nine month plus
2: rehab and came back and was strong and did a great job with that. And then for it to happen again is, like I said, it's crushing for him and for all of his teammates and coaches that love him. And what the best for him, you know, that's a tough one. We talked today for a while and he described it as being frustrating, but he's got an amazing, amazing perspective. He was extremely distraught while he was still on the floor. He knew what the deal was as soon as it happened. But uh, after the game in the locker room, I talked to him and the first thing he said was, Coach, I'm okay. God's got a plan. Just amazing perspective for a young man. Obviously, we're rooting for him and we'll be trying to encourage him and support him through his rehab process.
1: Absolutely. And hopefully Ben knows that Monarch Nation's in this corner as well. and. We're all sending good vibes his way and praying that he's got a speedy and good recovery so he can take the next step in whatever his career holds for him.
2: Friday night, we will be recognizing our seniors. It's senior night. The guys who will be recognizing other than PJ are the grad transfer guys. I don't think Tyreek ever had that recognition at his other stops. And I know Ben didn't. And I talked to him a little bit about it today. And I, I think that could be a special moment for that young man. Um, and you talk about Monarch Nation supporting him. But I think the recognition that he'll get prior to the game will be a special, special thing for him.
1: So, Coach, in the next segment of the show, we're going to have Jaden on. Obviously, it's his second season as a Monarch. Can you take it just a moment or two to talk a little bit about Jaden, his game, and how he continues to develop at Old Dominion?
2: Well, the, I think the biggest thing I think is important for the fans to understand about Jaden—he came from a very, very, very good high school team in Omaha, where a bunch of his and brothers, literally brothers that lived with him in Jaden's family, um, you know, went on and, and played or playing Division One basketball, and Jaden obviously hasn't played. Much last year, it didn't look like he was going to play very much. So we redshirted him. This year, it's just worked out with Bryce and Tyreek and D'Angelo and Chauncey. It's just not many minutes out there. Yet, Jaden Johnson is one of the nicest. He's just a nice human being. He works extremely hard. He desperately wants to play, but he doesn't complain. He's a terrific teammate. Extremely well liked by his teammates and his coaches and it's guys like that. You want so much to try to help him out. It's just for him, the opportunity's not there for him to be in the rotation. He's great in practice of so being on the white team and going out there and pushing the guys that are rotation players. But more than anything, when I've told his dad, he should be very proud of who Jaden Johnson is as a person. He's just a truly, truly nice human being, that people that know him cheer for him and like him.
1: We're certainly part of that. And I know we talked to Jaden a little bit. Mike and I were, you know, in Harrisonburg for that game. And it was cool to see that he had some family there to be able to watch him play and cheer him on.
2: Yeah, that was kind of a last minute thing. And Jaden's dad was able to get together some of his relatives and some of Jaden's younger brothers and bring him. I think they said they drove 17 hours, something like that. The kids had a spring break. So and his dad was working from the hotel remotely during the day and came to the James Madison game. So terrific family, terrific family. Great, great young man. 17 hours, man. That's a lot.
1: Good for them. That's some serious driving right there.
3: All right. So two games since our last show. One was a heartbreaker for multiple reasons. The other a resounding victory over App, leading to a one-in-one week. We saw a balanced effort in Harrisonburg with Chauncey. Price, Mackay, and Faison all having significant contributions. This game had a slow start again, but the guys continue to show they fight back. They brought the game within two points with about two to go, but that's kind of where our luck stopped, and not much went our way the rest of the game. And on Saturday at App, this game made me and all Monarchs proud to be fans of ODU. During your down, three starters, fantastic effort, team game. Makai put on a show with 17 points and 12 rebounds, a hard-nosed effort from him considering his injury. Tyreek adds 14, Derico adds 12, and Charles comes in huge after Chauncey's injury to score 11. Fantastic team win! Again, we can't be prouder of that effort. What are your thoughts on this week?
2: Um, Yeah, you know the James Madison game that was a tough one. James Madison's an outstanding team, and we knew we had to play well. Once Ben went down. Emo couldn't play after at some point in the first half. He got an elbow in the head and was dizzy, so that he was held out for concussion protocol reasons. And the guys kept hanging in there. And you mentioned we pulled within two. We had a four or five foot banker from the left side that, you know, had it gone, would have tied the game. That didn't go. We end up fouling. James Madison made their free throws down the stretch. So you know, that was a tough one, but after the game, as I told the guys, I'm proud of their effort. We just have to help ourselves a little bit. We had some defensive breakdowns. We uh, didn't do a great job on the boards, particularly early, and we missed a bunch of chippies. I say a bunch, three, four, five, whatever it is. With all these close games that we played, those are huge. So it's continued kind of being a concern and issue for us, finishing at the basket at times. And then with Ben being... Injured and emo being out and the uncertainty that you have with Makai, you know, I really wanted to make sure our guys kept their heads up on that Friday. We watched film, but more than anything, we just kept talking to them and encouraging them, trying to keep them upbeat and telling them we can do this, we can do this. And we came out and I think we were ready to play. And then all of a sudden, Chauncey sprains his ankle, That kind of is a little bit deflating we kind of hang in there a little bit. and He's able to come back. It's a back and forth game. And then he hurts his ankle again. And this time it was more significant. And again, it was like a punch in the gut and just literally holding everybody together physically. And to see how those guys competed, they rallied around one another and played pretty daggone good basketball. I mean, yes, we did fight like crazy. But we did some things, and there was a lot of improvisation going on because we had lineups that we'd never practiced with and guys just playing the game of basketball together. We knocked down some free throws. We got some big stops. Charles hit a couple threes. Bryce hit a couple threes. And as you said, Mackay just was awesome. He knocked down threes. He played great defense. He was all over the boards. Got a steal, got out in transition, and had that big dunk. He had a big game. I thought Faison was, was good, but I thought uh, Dorico was a real warrior out there. So, you know, all of those guys, D'Angelo got out and played some good defense, and he got another kind of, you know, big dunk in, in transition at a crucial time. So as we were pulling away. So I told him at halftime, you know, we have an opportunity to do something today that we can talk about, that they can talk about 20 years from now when they get together you know, you talk about big games, you talk about that kind of stuff. That was an opportunity, and then they did it in that second half. And that's what we talked about after the game, that I just told him I hope to be around long enough to be able to sit down with, with them because that would be one of the games. That would be one of the stories that those guys would be able to tell. And I don't want to be overly dramatic or whatever, but – given everything that was going on, to be able to get that win against a good App State team on their home court, gosh, that was a really good feeling.
3: You guys couldn't have made us prouder on Saturday, and I really believe that. So I can't disagree with anything you just said. I think they will look back on this as something to be proud of a long time from now. Jumping back to the JMU game, late in the game, there were two out-of-bounds calls that went to review, and neither one went your way it felt like the second one was kind of a shift in momentum in the game because it felt like that was the time where you guys are going to tie it up and really put the momentum on your side. What were your thoughts on those? Um, You know,
2: while they're reviewing it, it seemingly takes forever trying to review all the different possibilities. Obviously, as you said, they went and they looked and both of them went against us. And that just put us in a situation where you got to get a stop you gotta figure you gotta figure something out. And again, this is, this is not like a a, a a bad team that we're playing. This is a really good team, veteran team, tough team with a big home crowd. And the more opportunities that you know that they get, the harder it is to pull off the
3: upset. And then I'll give you another follow-up. I'm not sure if you played it at before, but I'm not aware of it if you have. What are your thoughts on those two arenas? I had never been to
2: App's building. Uh, James Madison's building is beautiful. Obviously
3: Steve Ballard from Virginia
2: Beach, I believe Steve's an ODU grad. You know, he built that building at James Madison. It's a beautiful arena, but quite honestly, I I like ours better without the second deck. It seems like it's just wasted space up there. They didn't have a big crowd, and I like ours better for sure. And then I thought App State's building was terrific. I thought it was the right size. And my preference, I think that's a better venue than James Madison's because it is all, you know, it's right there. It's not as big, I don't think, as James Madison's. But it's just got one lower bowl the same way as Chartway Arena. And unless you're going to fill those rafters, it, you know, it doesn't look good. But both of them are very, very nice arenas.
1: Coach, I know one thing that Mike and I talked about quite a bit was the sound at JMU. So that place seemed like it could get pretty loud despite not having folks up top, but it was kind of a weird sound. Like at least what we were, it was almost like a dirty, not crisp kind of sound. We had difficulty hearing um, the same way on the floor. Did it seem louder than what, you know, would be or really just kind of what you're used to seeing?
2: I didn't notice anything one way or another. I mean, it was a good crowd. They were into the game. You know, not the same size crowds as what we're accustomed to, but they were into the game. They were very supportive of their team. Same thing at App State. It was senior day. They had a good crowd out there and they were into the game. And we did a good job of, I think,
3: keeping the crowd from really being a factor down there. All right. So we move on to this week. Um, And I'm going to need to say this multiple times throughout the episode. The games are on Wednesday and Friday of this week, Wednesday and Friday. First one is Southern Miss on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the TED. This team might be the biggest surprise in college hoops. They were picked 14th in the Sun Belt and were coming off of seven win season and are now sitting at 24 and five and the top of the league. What can fans expect to see Wednesday night? A really good basketball team, a veteran team, older guys.
2: Not just veteran is has been in college for a while. These are older guys. I think as many as six of them are from Latin America. Don't quote me on that, but we've been told that at times they'll have a lineup out there that's, if not all of them, say four or five, are speaking Spanish out there. They're the biggest team overall in conference. Offensively, very physical. A lot of pushing and shoving and illegal screens. But they're effective. They're tough. They're smart. Their center Hase is uh, is terrific. I mean, he's about two fifty. Can really shoot it. Shoots the three. Shoots the mid range. He's effective around the basket. A great, great passer. He's a first team All Sun Belt for sure. Crowley, their two guard, is their leading scorer. Tremendous shooter. He's first team All League as well. You know, they maybe Marshall might be the only two that'll get two guys. On first team or both first and second teams, they have an unusual defensive style. They'll play, we'll call it a 2-3 matchup zone. It's very active. They're switching off. And sometimes it just looks like man-to-man and they're switching cutters. But they're aggressive. They play the passing lanes. And we've got to scrap and we got to claw and we got to compete the way we've been doing. But we've got to play at a level for 40 minutes above you know, just good, good basketball plays defensively, making the right rotations because if you make a mistake, Hase in particular will make you pay for it.
1: Hey, you weren't kidding, Coach. I was just looking at the <laughs> roster. They've got three players from Chile and yeah. two from Puerto Rico. Yeah. So they've expanded their reach there, I guess from a recruiting aspect.
3: Well,
2: I mean, I think that's smart, right? If they're struggling in last year and the year before, they didn't win very many games. And were able to find, I think they got nine, nine new guys on the team, nine transfers or something like that. So you go where the players are, where you can find players, you go and find them. And they found
1: some good ones. All right. So Friday night, just like Mike was talking about Wednesday, as people are listening tomorrow and Friday night, not Saturday, Marshall's coming to town. Another team at the top of the conference, arguably the best player in the league, and Tavian Kinsley. Kinsey, we know they play fast. They love to shoot the three. I know we're not looking ahead on Wednesday's game, but is there anything in particular? Have these guys changed at all this year? Anything that Monarch Nation should be watching for when they come to Chartway on Friday?
2: The one thing they're different from last year is that they're kind of, they got a seven foot freshman back in in the basket. And he's, I think, leading the league in block shots. Kenzie Taylor and Kerfman are their three perimeter players. Kenzie's a senior, Kerfman's a grad student and, Taylor, I believe, is maybe a junior. They'll get out. They'll you know do some trapping and do some things. And I think their defense is more aggressive this year, forcing more turnovers. At times in the past, they'll individually play hard defensively, but it's not like they had a real defensive philosophy. They just wanted to get you playing fast so that they could get down to the other end. This year, I think they really compete at the defensive end. Kinsey is as you said, is maybe the best player in our league. Interestingly enough, he hardly ever shoots threes. I mean, he's not a good three-point shooter, but he's deadly in the mid-range and taking the ball to the basket. Andrew Taylor, and, and Kerfman is a grad transfer, and he's a guy that shoots it deep, and he can go 0 for 5 and then make the next 5, and he just, he can get hot quick, and he really stretches your defense beyond the normal limits. So, that's gonna be a tough one Friday. We'll worry about that after Southern Miss. But and I think both of these things are true. I think Carl's game, Wednesday's game against Southern Miss is both a really tough challenge and it's a great opportunity. And we just wanna go out and we've been saying for a while now with our guys, let's not worry about the score. Right? Let's worry about just playing well, playing hard, and we'll figure out the score at the end. So that's really our focus is to play it as well as we can and leave everything out on the court tomorrow
1: night. So coach, you were just talking about curve. Bends. so number 11, if any Monarch fans have watched Marshall play it at all, what you said that that guy will shoot from just about anywhere on the floor as a defender, how do you get in the frame of mind of not giving that guy or someone like him a cushion to realize that once he gets past half court, he's looking for an opportunity.
2: You know, number one, maybe it's like being a cornerback in football. If he hits one, you know, you can't let that mess you up mentally. If you get beat deep as a cornerback, you got to be ready to defend the next time. You can't just slack off. I think having great concentration and focus is the biggest and most necessary trait in guarding a guy like Kerfman because you just can't let down. You you can't all of a sudden, he's running to distances that are unusual or abnormal, and and you can't be surprised by the fact that he's sprinting up and shooting the ball from 30 feet. Very similar, I think Rain Smith was the guy that had a good game against his place for Charleston, their three-point shooter, and they're similar. I think Kerfman might uh, shoot it a little bit deeper, but Rain Smith certainly has just as quick a release. But with those guys, you relax, you let your guard down for a second. All of a sudden, they've got, they only need an action of a second. They don't even need a whole second. So you've got to be in your concentration and not lose sight of what they're doing.
3: All right. So to wrap this up, we're going to have two more questions that were submitted by fans. With the conference tournament coming next week, has there been any consideration with the injuries over maybe holding guys out? to make sure they're healthy for next week?
2: Yes. If Chauncey weren't real close to 100%, he definitely wouldn't be playing on Wednesday against Southern Miss. And then the Marshall game, we'll just have to see about that. Concussion of emo, that's not really the same situation. You're not going to make it worse by playing. I mean, once you're cleared and you don't have any symptoms anymore, then you're fine. With With an ankle sprain, for instance, though, We've been through this a bunch. We would not, if he wasn't ready or if there was any chance of him re-injuring it against Southern Miss, we would not be playing him. So I think whoever sent the question in is exactly right in terms of their thinking, seeing the big picture. If we were to help hold Chauncey out in the Southern Miss game, he'd be angry. (laughs) But sometimes the trainer and the head coach, we got to make the decisions based on what's best interest and the big picture.
1: And I guess Makai would be kind of a similar guy in managing the pain and swelling.
2: Makai, we just have to manage. If, if Makai is suffering from significant discomfort, pain, swelling, those kind of things, just like it happened at JMU, we would take him out. So he felt good. You taped him up, but he's been feeling pretty good. The big thing is if he goes out, there's a possibility of it stiffening up on him. But the other day he didn't go out, He you know, he played 38 minutes. So we didn't have to worry about it stiffening up at
1: all. <laughs> there you go. All right. The second question was submitted last week, but we weren't able to get to it. We've played JMU, our closest rival twice this season. Both games were on a Thursday night. Do you have any idea who decides what day of the week that conference games are scheduled on? Because, That's a big point of discussion is we feel that's a huge missed opportunity for both fan bases and how much bigger that game can actually be if it's played on a Saturday.
2: I don't have any input into that. Coaches barely have any input into anything with with the schedule. We put their two cents in and they don't listen to us at all. So I think that's something that Wood could recommend to the conference, but the conference office is the sole arbiter of – who plays who and who plays when, it doesn't always make sense how they do it. We're playing Thursday, Saturdays, but we're not playing travel partners. I'm not sure that makes any sense to me. If you're not going to play travel partners, why not play Wednesday, Saturdays? I mean, that would be my two cents worth.
3: Yeah, because you guys have had some brutal trips where well, you're going to Alabama then South Carolina.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's not just us. I mean, yeah. that's the, the whole league. Everybody
3: has endured some difficult travel
2: arrangements. I think everybody's in the same boat in that regard, but I do think the league can do a better job of alleviating some of it. I mean, some of it is inevitable because of just the distance and where people are located. But I think trying to look at it, and if you're not a travel partner, maybe the whole Thursday, Saturday thing doesn't need to happen. And
1: before we let you go, Coach, are they going to be doing the senior stuff before tip-off? What we want to get people out there earlier and not lingering in the blue room, right? Yeah, that would be awesome.
2: I know that Trey didn't play this year, and this is his only year. And Tyreek has only played this year and been. But they chose to, to be Monarchs for this year. And they've been through some adversity, but they've been great ambassadors for our school and our program. And it'd be awesome if people could be out there once that, that horn sounds and zeros up there to be able to cheer and show their appreciation for those three young men For, for BJ as well.
3: Absolutely. Wednesday and Friday, Monarchs, Wednesday and Friday. Thank you again, coach and go Monarchs.
1: Go Monarchs. Welcome back Monarch Nation. Joining us on the show is a 6'3 redshirt freshman guard out of Omaha, Nebraska, Jaden Johnson. Welcome to the best and only ODU Podcast.
3: Hey, Jaden, thank you for joining us today. This is your second year at Old Dominion. How is Norfolk treating you so far?
0: Norfolk's treating me great, man. You know, as... The time went on from last year to this year, I definitely got more comfortable in the city and just getting more comfortable with the coaching staff and the new faces that came to the program this year.
1: All right, Jaden. So coming from Millard North and playing AAU for Omaha Sports Impact, talk to us a little bit about your recruitment and how you decided to become a Monarch.
0: Definitely the coaching staffs. Unfortunately, Coach Stiff isn't here anymore, but definitely the coaching staffs, you know, it was, what, COVID year, 2020, I couldn't come out and take visits, so I had to work what I work with what I had, So, which was a virtual visit, and Crisco was showing me around with Coach Jones and Coach Stiff on a golf cart around, going around campus, so I liked what I seen on the virtual visit. So tell us more about that. When you
3: finally got to campus, did it feel different than you expected, or what?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. When I got to campus, it was like, wow, like... This is it. This is the this is where I'm going to school. This is the place that 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 helped me get out of home. So, I don't know. It was just a great feeling to see it in person. Awesome. So,
3: talk to our fans about where you feel your game is right now, how far it can go.
0: Right now, I feel like I'm still developing, still learning after the players that's playing in front of me, seeing what I can get better at, learn off them and you know, I can really shoot the ball, I can play defense, I can do whatever you need, and my potential is got the limit.
1: That's a great segue. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Coming from high school, the college game is different than high school. What's been the easiest and hardest adjustment for playing in college?
0: I would say the easiest adjustment was getting in the weight room. That was a big adjustment that I had to make, and I made that adjustment. And then I would say the hardest adjustment was for me was learning how to slow the game down. I would I think too fast on the court at times, so yeah, just slowing the game down to me was one of the biggest
3: parts. So what has been
0: the key for you to try to slow it down more or how have you been able to do that? Um, it just naturally came over time as I continue to practice every day and yeah. All right, so we asked this question to Charles last week, and I'd love to hear your thoughts.
3: We know you're a shooter. do you ever? tweak your shooting mechanics and if so uh, how do you get to the decision that you need to change your mechanics
0: a good question yeah if if shots aren't falling I would stay after practice and see what I'm doing wrong or go look at the practice film and see how I was shooting the ball during practice when the shots weren't falling so I would just stay after form shoot that's really it or get up 200 shots after practice or so
1: or whenever I have free time all right, Jane, so we're never quite sure what we're going to get when we ask this question. As far as we can tell, you've worn the number four all the way back to your playing days at Millard North, and you continue that here at Old Dominion. Though we did notice that you wore number two with Omaha Sports Impact and the AAU. Is there any significance to the number four? And I will make note that Charles noted that four was his go-to number as well.
0: Yeah, so number four has just always been a number that's always been around in my life. I'm really big on angel numbers and certain things like that. And I don't know, like the number four just chose me. All right. In a game of one-on-one, what is your go-to move? Game one-on-one, just whatever the defense gives me, honestly. You know, if they're hand down, I'm going to shoot the ball. If they're guarding me up close, just easy blow by. You know, I keep it simple.
1: See, I like that answer. Mike and I are at a lot of baseball games, and yeah. I always grew up playing ball of taking what the pitcher gave me. If he pitches yeah. me on the outside corner, I'm going to right fields, whatever it happens to be. Whereas some ball players say, I don't care what you do. I'm going to do what I want to do. So right. I can totally relate to your answer there. Thank you. All right. So we also asked this question for everybody. You guys spend a crazy amount of time together whether it's on the road, on the bus, whether it's in the Mitch practicing, and whether it's getting a bite to eat or just hanging out in someone's crib and playing video games. Tell us about a hidden talent or a fun fact of one of your teammates that Old Dominion fans probably have no idea about.
0: Uh, I would say probably Rico. When I first met Rico, I didn't expect him to just sit in his room and play video games and, like, read books. So um, Rico definitely surprised me with that, and I think that's cool. Yeah,
3: Yeah, he talked to us about how much he likes to read on the show. So you've been here for two seasons. Do you have a memorable game or the most memorable game or experience so far as a Monarch?
0: Yeah, I have multiple memorable games. But I'm going to say the one that topped it all was when Austin tries to get that put-back dunk against Middleton, and see to win the game. That's pretty cool.
1: All right, so ton of roles in basketball. One of them is coming off the bench. What's the hardest part about being on the bench and being able to be ready at a moment's notice?
0: You always just have to be mentally ready because you never know when your name will be called. So that's just really the hardest part about it. it is always staying ready.
3: All right, as kids, we all did it. We went to the playground, and we practiced our shot to win the finals. For you, what was that shot? Was it a
0: three, a dunk, What was it? I'm taking a three every time. Three, two, one, step back, three ball. (laughs) That's
1: right, and if you're like me and not that good, it might have taken me like 20 shots, but I wasn't leaving (laughs) until I made it. (laughs) That's funny. All right, so let's hit some fun questions, Jaden. Now, these are going to be more quick-hitting types of questions. There's no wrong answer, but we're really curious as to what you have to say about these things. Besides being at the Mitch and practicing or our chartway playing a game, where's your favorite spot on campus?
0: My favorite spot on campus? I have to say P. Frank's. I like to eat P. Frank's. I like to get a chicken barbecue melt. All right, yeah.
3: well, this might answer the next question, which was, what's your favorite restaurant in Norfolk?
0: Yeah, P Franks. Honestly. <laughs> you can never go wrong with that. So
3: And we agree. We love P Franks. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: All right. So I know you don't have a ton of free time, but when you do, what's the favorite thing to do during those few precious moments that you have?
0: Really, I like to play the video game. I like to just look at clothes, shoes. and probably read a little book. That's really all.
3: All right. So I'm going to build off of that question. What kind of games are you playing? What's your
0: favorite? My favorite game. I got too many favorite games, but I'm going to probably have to say 2K23 is at the top of the list right now.
3: Are you an online guy or
0: do you like playing like the franchise mode and stuff? Uh, nah, I'm an online guy. I don't like the uh, solo play. I always got to play with somebody. <laughs> All right. And then the second question to
3: build off of that was you talked about streetwear clothing. A couple of your teammates have their own brands that they've started. Is that something you
0: plan on doing in the future
3: or do you have already?
0: Yeah. So I do have a brand that I am starting up. It's called Files 0147. So, you know, just plan on hearing about it later. I made the appearance of it on my Instagram about last month. So,
1: yeah. is that the, Is that your zip code where you're from?
0: Nah, so zero one four seven its own standing. So zero means zero on this zero people on this earth understands you more than yourself. One stands for there's only one person that understands you, and that's you. Four is you are forever protected by your guardian angels. And seven is you are always, you are always to have luck.
1: I like that message. Thank you. All right. What's your favorite basketball movie? My favorite basketball movie. I'll probably say loving basketball. That's a good one. All right, Mike. You gotta you gotta ask the question. All right. So you know Coach Delisha Mullen Jones, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Did you know she was in that movie? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, so she was on the Sparks when they filmed the movie. Uh, really? we had we got a chance to talk to her about it twice now. So in the scene when the main character is playing for the Sparks, she's on the team with her Uh, she said they actually she said they actually filmed it before a real game and they paused the actual intros so they could put her in the game and do all that so the crowd is real it's a real WNBA crowd it's a real WNBA game pretty cool that we have one of our own that was in that movie
0: yeah it is cool i didn't know that that's crazy all right same kind of
3: wavelength here what's your favorite band or musical artist
0: I don't have a favorite band, but my favorite artist—I'm gonna have to say Little Uzi Bird. Yeah, I like Little Uzi Bird.
3: See, Jane, this is helpful to us because when you do something good in a game, we'll be ready with Little Uzi. Now we can drop that on your highlight.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's sweet. We got to make sure that Chris knows that too. Yeah, we're gonna create
3: a log for him to just hand to him when he's ready.
1: That's right. All right. All right. All right, Jaden. So this is a fun one, but it's a little bit more cerebral. I'm really curious as to what your thoughts on this one is. So if you could sit down with any person, past or present, and have a conversation, who would it be and why?
0: I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. And for that reason, is because I want to know what it took him to become as great as he became.
3: I'm a big Kobe fan, so I like that answer a lot.
0: And I'm interested
3: to see if you go with the same answer on this next one. So if you could play one-on-one with any player, dead or alive, who would you pick and
1: do you win?
0: I'm going to pick Kobe and yeah, I'm going to win.
1: can't say I'm going to lose. Got to love the confidence. All right, so we asked this question to Charles last week. It was the first time we've asked this question and it was really interesting, the answer he gave. So we're going to give you a shot at this one. In addition to basketball – you know obviously, that's your sport. that's what you play at o d u that's what everybody knows you about. but if you weren't playing basketball or if Coach Jones lets you play another sport at o d u when you're not playing basketball, which sports team in o d u would it be and why?
0: I'm gonna definitely say football. football was my like first love of sports growing up. I didn't choose football because of the cold weather, so that's why I chose basketball. <laughs> But, yeah, definitely football because, you know, I, I don't know, I just – I loved all the gear and, uh, yeah, that was really it, all the gear.
1: But the gear is cool. That playing football in Nebraska weather, that's no joke. I can totally understand about wanting to go inside and play basketball.
0: Uh, yeah, it gets super cold in Nebraska.
1: <laughs> like 20 degrees in October.
3: <laughs> right, Jay, so basketball probably taking you a lot of places around this country. And it can take you a lot of places around the world after you leave Old Dominion. Is there a certain country or region you want to visit more than any other?
0: Yeah, I probably want to visit like uh, Japan, Tokyo.
3: Is that for the fashion or
0: what? I've always been into like street racing movies, like Fast and Furious and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's just one of the places I want to visit.
1: Okay, Jaden. So obviously you come to ODU playing basketball. and. That's the dream. But we all get older. You can see right here, me and Mike, we're a little older dudes here. Eventually, you're not going to be playing basketball. So right. after hoops, what's your dream job? What's the career that you want to be in?
0: Hopefully, I could become a basketball coach or something basketball-related. But if basketball just happens to go away for the rest of my life, I would say probably the FBI agency. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting answer. So what would lead you to, say, the FBI? I don't want to go out and arrest people or anything like that. But, you know, I want to just work in the office, work with the cause of people that are in need of help. And,
1: yeah. Uh, That's getting me curious now. What's your major? Criminal justice. Okay. I like it.
3: He's on the right track. Absolutely.
1: All right, Jaden. So
3: we're going to get back to basketball before we close out here. What's your top goal for this season? And what is your top team goal for this year? And what will it take for you and the team to
0: get there? My personal goal for this year was, is to be the best I can and show up to practice and games every day with that same energy and enthusiasm. And the team goal, I would say, is to win the conference and make a run in the March Madness tournament. And for us to do that, I was preaching to PJ the other day in the weight room. 200 degrees it's a book I'm reading so 200 degrees is the extra degree which is the boiling water which sits in you so all that boiling water that we're holding in is what we need to do to accomplish our goals.
3: All right so I have a follow question on PJ here so he's the smallest guy on the team he's a walk-on but he's a leader can you tell us how he's managed to become a leader and how you guys view him on the team?
0: So P.J.'s an outstanding guy, great person, great personality, uh, always shows up ready to work every day, always the person that'll lift up other guys when their head is down or whenever they have a question, he's there for them. So, yeah, P.J.'s just a leader, naturally born leader.
1: I think we were talking to Coach Jones about him one time, and he said that P.J. just has a way to light up a room. Like He may just walk in and be like, hello, friends. You know, or something of that nature. Yeah, that's definitely P. Yeah, he definitely put smiles on Mike and I's faces when we had a chance to sit down and chat with him. Right,
0: good guy.
3: And I've noticed throughout the season, he's standing up and he's talking to players as they're coming on the court. He's correcting them or giving them those extra words of encouragement. It's just, it's not something you expect from a guy in his position. And it's really cool to see
0: how it's kind of played out. Yeah, he's definitely doing good at what he does and being great at his role. And that's all you can ask for him.
1: All right, Jaden. So we really appreciate you coming on you know, sharing your story with Monarch Nation, talking to us a little bit, but before we let you go, do you have a message for Monarch Nation and let us know where people can find you on social. And if you want to plug your brand again, you're more than welcome to do that.
0: Monarch Nation, let's finish out the year strong. We're going to make a run in the conference tournament and win it for you guys and make a deep run in the March Madness tournament. And you can find me on Instagram at Jaden Johnson with two N's. All right. We'll make sure to put
3: all that information out there for fans. Thank you so much for joining us and go Monarchs.
0: Go Monarchs. Thank you for having me. Go Monarchs.